Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. My name's Josh Vine, your host, and this podcast is dedicated to helping teachers improve their pedagogy for better learning outcomes. In every episode, we discuss practical teaching tips that are evidence-based and simple to implement. We hope you're inspired and encouraged in what you do as teachers. So let's get into it and enjoy the show. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. It's so great to have your company once again. In our previous episode, we talked about learning intentions and the importance of having a learning intention for each lesson. We want to follow that episode up with what is the most important thing to do once you've established a learning intention. And these kind of go hand in hand. We have made these into separate episodes, but um, that is for good reason. They both have unique purposes. So once a learning intention is established, the students know what they're learning about today, it's vital then that we establish what we call as pedagogical coaches at our school, success criteria. The students need to know what does it look like to be successful today in this lesson. And as teachers, we have to come up with this. We have to think about the lesson ahead. We have to think about the outcomes that we're wanting to meet, the syllabus content or the curriculum that we have to teach. And we really need to come up with two or three, possibly even four, uh, things that our students are going to be able to either demonstrate, understand, explain, give reasons for, justify uh, their knowledge and their understanding about what we've taught them today. And we call these statements success criteria. And they're so simple. Um, What they do is they help the students to see what it is that they are going to need to be able to do by the time they get to the end of this lesson. And the awesome part about these is that it empowers the students to assess their own progress and take ownership of their learning. They know what success looks like now because you've explained it at the beginning of the lesson. You've given them the learning intention. Now you're giving them the success criteria. Maybe they're even presented up on the board. We encourage our teachers, the the teachers that I coach, uh, our success criteria should be actually up on the board or visible for the lesson and also referred back to. We'll talk about that a little bit later in today's episode. But the awesome part about success criteria is now the students know what success looks like and so they can start to take ownership of their own learning. The students can ask simple questions like, have I achieved the success criteria yet? They know what it looks like to be successful, and so they can start to take ownership, which is so helpful, so important for students to do as they become critical of their own learning and understanding whether or not they have been successful. The other thing that success criteria does is that it makes learning mastery-related whereby understanding the content, mastering the skill, as opposed to performance-related, like being neat, completing work, and being well-resourced, we want our students to not... uh, We want our students to be thinking about those things, of course. We want their work to be neat. We want them to be completing work, of course. But the most important thing about learning is that there's actually learning taking place, and that the students are mastering the skills that we want them to master. And one of the things that I see teachers do all the time is that they they make the learning intention or the success criteria 
all about what the students are going to have to complete in the lesson. And so we all know as teachers, completing a worksheet does not equal students learning the content, students learning the skills and being able to understand it. And so it's really important that our success criteria and our learning intention, but most important that our success criteria comes back to the learning of the skills that we want the students to be able to master by the end of the lesson. It's so vital that we don't get to, uh, we don't have students thinking that being successful in this lesson means completing this worksheet, having this work done. We all know what students will do when it's about uh, performance related. They'll race through work. They, they won't think about what they're actually doing. And often they don't even understand the content by the end of the lesson. They feel good because they've got their worksheet filled in, but they haven't mastered the content. They haven't actually been successful. And so what we coach our teachers to keep thinking about is how do I know that my students have been successful today and how can I make sure that they've been successful at the right things? How can I make sure they've been successful in the skills that I've been wanting them to learn? And that's where the success criteria coming up with really good ones that come back to what it is that the students are going to learn is so important. When it comes to the research behind the use of success criteria, uh, one of the, uh, I guess, well-known researchers of effective teaching practice, Professor John Hattie, has obviously done a lot of research into effective teaching practices and uh, a lot of meta-analysis of various teaching practices. Uh, He rates success criteria and mastery learning at a 0.54 and a 0.57 effect size. And so it's definitely an effective strategy. Anything over 0.4 is seen as an effective strategy where you will get one year's growth from one year's input. And so having success criteria in your lesson is going to straight away going to boost the learning that's happening in the room. Um, I would encourage you as you're you know, listening to this right now, think about what's a lesson today that I can have a go at this where I can come up with some success criteria and later in the episode we'll we'll explain some of the good ones and some of the not so good success criteria and what they should sound like and look like and how to use them well. Um, But what's a lesson today that I can add a success criteria into and use it throughout the lesson to see if the students have mastered the skill? So success criteria, much like learning intentions, really need to be explained and used at the start of the lesson. It's really important that once we've given our learning intention that we immediately talk to the students about what success is going to look like today. And so the way to do this, very similar to the learning intention, in fact, it can just sit right under the learning intention. It can be on a whiteboard, uh, just literally written on the whiteboard. It can be on a PowerPoint slideshow that you use for teaching, have your learning intention, have your success criteria, and also maybe even have your warm-up in that slideshow as well as the content that you're going to teach that day. You can uh, make verbal statements about what success criteria is going to look like today. Obviously, making verbal statements can be hard for the students to refer back to because they're not in a a place for them to be able to see. Um, But there's a, a myriad of different ways. You can have individual tickets put on each student's desk. If you really want to differentiate, you could have success criteria 
for the students who are at high achieving levels, uh, at grade level, and then below grade level as well. And so with differentiation, you can actually give each student success criteria based on what their capabilities are um, and what even their, their IEPs, their individual education plans might say, and those kinds of things as well. This is what makes it really helpful for students too, is that every student has particular um, abilities. And so for some students, them being successful might be that they can do uh, an extensive amount of, of work and, and, and have an extensive understanding of the content versus uh, a student who all they might need to be able to do is just define particular words. And that is an example of success criteria for them. So thinking about differentiation is another idea when it comes to success criteria. And we see some of our, our teachers that we coach doing this and they actually have little exit tickets. We call them exit tickets where you, you leave the room at the end of the lesson when you can show that you're able to do the success criteria on the ticket. And if you can't, then we set that as a goal for next lesson. And so there's, there's lots of different ways you can get really creative with how you want to present your success criteria each lesson. Um, we want to now just go through some of the examples of, uh, I guess, good success criteria and not so good success criteria. And I think it's very similar to learning intentions. We have to keep coming back to what are the students going to learn, not what are the students going to be able to complete by the end of this lesson. And so one of the, one, an example that we might think about, uh, in a maths lesson might be, um, that, I guess a poor example of success criteria could be that today we're going to practice addition or by the end of this lesson, you're going to be able to add um, two digit numbers. Whereas a better success criteria is I can use the compensation method to add two digit numbers. So that's a much better way of having the students think about, well, I've only been successful if I've actually used the compensation method to add two-digit numbers. So that's really important that you actually have the skill that you want them to know and be able to demonstrate to you by the end of the lesson in the success criteria. Another example of success criteria uh, for a science lesson, and this is now a poor example, so please remember this is the poor example, uh, but success criteria like com I complete a science experiment with colours. Okay, so... That is very vague, uh, and it doesn't really tell us what the students are going to learn by completing the science experiment with colours. Instead, a better success cr criteria might be, I can explain what happens when coloured water is added to oil. And one final example of success criteria, this is for a science class. Um, a poor success criteria could be, that by the end of this lesson, I have written a procedural text in science. Whereas a better success criteria is my procedural text includes an introduction that explains the purpose of the experiment, a list of equipment needed, steps in the procedure are clearly labelled in sequential order, and I use verbs at the beginning of each step. Now, the last really important thing to remember about success criteria is that they need to be discussed not only at the beginning of the lesson, 
but actually referred to throughout. If all you're doing is explaining the success criteria at the beginning of the lesson, you're only getting part of the benefit. When we coach teachers, we we want them to be referring back to the success criteria, almost like a roadmap or a checklist for the students to be able to see that what they're doing is now hitting the success criteria. And so even as I teach, one of the things that I do is I actually tick success criteria once we've hit them as a class. Once we feel like we've mastered one of the success criteria, I'll actually go back to the board or back to my PowerPoint and I'll put a tick next to that success criteria so that I can show the students, hey, we're being successful. You guys are doing this. I I knew that you guys could do it and we're mastering the content. And so treating success criteria like a checklist is just one way that we can use success criteria throughout the lesson really well. Another highly effective strategy that we coach our teachers at our school to do is to actually find examples of students' work that is what we want. It's it's according to the success criteria that we have set. So almost exemplar work. Obviously, you want to ask the student if it's okay that we share their work with, with the other members of the class. But what we're doing there is we're actually demonstrating an example to the students that someone in the class has been successful today. We're giving that student praise and the other students a demonstration of what it looks like to hit the success criteria really well. And so one of the things that we encourage our teachers to do is to do that, is to find exemplar work, maybe not even another student's work, but even something that can show the students what a great poem today will look like, what a great artwork today might look like, what a great science experiment uh, procedural write-up might look like. And so by doing that, we're helping the students get a visual and an understanding of what uh, success looks like today in our lesson. And so for teachers who are interested in getting the most out of success criteria in the class, the last method that I'm going to talk about now is like the gold standard of using success criteria in a classroom. And that is co-created success criteria. It's where the students and you as a teacher come together to discuss what success might look like in this lesson. And you actually co-create it. And by doing that, you're giving the students some ownership they're coming up with what success looks like in the lesson today. And then when they hit that goal, they're not only hitting the goal that you've set, they're hitting the goal that they've set. So it just increases buy-in and it gives the students a real sense of achievement when they were the ones that were helping to set the goal and then reach the goal. And so I would encourage you to even look at that as an option to co-create success criteria with your class. It's so effective. We've seen many teachers Uh, attempt this and become really uh, proficient at doing it and classes benefit from doing that. So I hope now that you've got a really clear picture of what success criteria might look like and as you listen to each of the episodes that we're producing on that teacher podcast you're starting to see that we are slowly building a catalogue of teaching practices that are really effective I mean, we started with checking for understanding and the importance of checking that your students have understood what it is that you've, that you've taught. And we've also then looked at warm-ups and the importance of actually having regular recall 
of the content that you've taught over the previous lessons and making sure that you keep bringing that up for the students to recite, recall, and apply. Once you've finished your warm-up, you go straight into your learning intention for that day's lesson. Following the learning intention, you start unpacking the success criteria for what it's going to look like when you've been successful today. And so we hope that that teacher podcast is really offering some clarity to how you teach so that you can feel a lot more confident that you are using effective teaching practices. We hope that by each episode building on the last that you're slowly but surely being introduced to some really helpful and practical teaching tools that you can take straight into your classrooms. And so in every episode, we want to offer a grab and go from each episode. And for the grab and go today, it's what can I utilize from today's podcast and, and run with straight away? When it comes to success criteria, the simple way to start is to pick one lesson today or the next lesson that you're about to teach and ask yourself, what would it look like when my kids have been successful at, by the end of this lesson? And then make that known to the students straight after the learning intention. Tell them what you're looking for. And I guarantee that the students will, will come to the party. They will buy into this, this idea of success criteria because success criteria, really what they're doing is they're actually saying from you as a teacher to the students, I believe in your ability to do this. I, I think that by the end of this lesson, you're going to be able to do this. I mean, how good is that to hear as a student that your teacher believes in you so much that they're almost predicting what you're able to do by the end of the lesson? So that's what I would encourage you to do is just pick one lesson today, come up with one or two things, a success criteria for that lesson of what it's going to look like when the students have been successful when it comes to the learning, not the work that they have to complete. We want to thank you for joining us today on That Teacher Podcast. It is so great to have your company and we really do appreciate everyone who listens. We hope that the content is being helpful for you and we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, find us on That Teacher Podcast uh, on Facebook and we have a Facebook group set up there as well where you can ask questions, make comments, uh, let us know what you're thinking about the episodes um, give us ideas for content, things that you'd like us to talk about. Um, but also, we'd love for you to subscribe to the channel. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode that we upload. We'd also love it if you would share the episodes with your colleagues at your school. We know that there are so many teachers who are benefiting from the content. And we'd love it if that teacher podcast became part of how you do professional development within your school. We want to thank you for joining us today and until next episode, it's bye for now.